Hello and welcome back to another episode of And In Other News, the podcast where we aim to bring you the lighter side of the news. I'm Ellie. And I'm Daisy. And this week we're going to bring you a story that is going to make you think, something that's a little bit weird and wacky and one that will warm your heart. We know you've all been waiting for this for weeks, so should we get started? (laughs) Let's go for it. So the first story is, as you said, a made you think story. And it was in The Independent by Lucy Rayfield. And it's basically about how, why do we always kind of look for a laugh? Why do we laugh in the face of crisis? Yeah, and so it's saying that obviously, you know, the whole world has been experiencing a crisis for the last year and a half, going on two years. And that that has caused people to act in different ways. For example, one of those responses is that on Netflix, searches for horror have massively declined and searches for comedy have massively increased which is just one sort of example Um, but then also like a funny one that people have turned to poking fun at responses to the virus so obviously no one's making fun of coronavirus itself because Serious matter. <laughs> but the, the way that people have been reacting and like when people wear their masks wrong and things like that and like people doing crazy things in response to the virus people have been making memes about things like that and like popular meme accounts like quentin quarantino yes yeah, it's, it's a need to laugh in the face of disaster do you find that you do that yeah but when i first saw the title of this article i thought it was going to be like why do people people laugh when there's like something bad happening as in like when someone tells you bad news yes that's what i thought when i first saw it as well (laughs) yes i can't talk about anything serious without laughing or if i'm telling someone something bad or something bad happening i would just smile honestly i have to always say like I don't know why I'm laughing, this is really bad. And like, say it. Clearly we have terrible genetics then. (laughs) I don't know that many people that do it, but... (laughs) Apparently when I told my sister that her mouse died, I was so excited to tell her and like told her with a massive smile on my face, even though I was really sad about it. Yeah. (laughs) Twisted. (laughs) Twisted. There's a lot of reasons why it's good to laugh and it's... Some of them are related to hormones and things like that. I'm sure we've all, you know, sort of heard by this point that like laughing reduces stress hormones and increases happy hormones. Also, laughing is a form of exercise, which obviously makes you apparently feel happy anyway. Amazing. <laughs> Never going to the gym again. Literally. And this is one that I hadn't really ever considered and ever really heard, but like is so true that it's difficult to feel scared and amused at the same time. Yes, it's like in Harry Potter where they turn all their fears into funny things. Yes! Oh my god, yes! I think it's really interesting. I know for me personally, every time something bad happens to me, my sense of humour gets gradually darker and darker. Because Mm. the way I kind of cope with anything is by making fun of it and making light of bad situations. So I guess with Covid as well, like I love a good Covid meme. (laughs) because I think if you don't laugh you'll cry you know you cry exactly that exactly that yeah it's just laughter and the feeling of humor is just such a comfort I think Mm. you know if if you're finding something funny then as the article says yeah it's hard to also feel like gut-wrenching fear at the same time what sort of things do you watch when you're sad because I don't know anybody that cheers up by watching like horror films and stuff no yeah I mean some people do and like you know more power to them but (laughs) 
funny things. Drink for every time Daisy references Gilmore Girls in this podcast, but <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be Gilmore Girls. A comfort show. I wouldn't say Gilmore Girls is massively funny though. It's more oh. just well no, it can be funny, but for me it's kind of just like a comfort blanket, like it's warm, whereas yeah, I do sometimes just have to watch really silly things, I think, when I'm feeling mm. sad, just to kind what, of Yeah, you tell up. me what you watch. What do you watch? For example, if I'm sad and I want to listen to music, it will never be sad music. I feel like that's indulging it too much. I'll yeah. always try and make myself snap out of it. Yeah, what do you watch? Parks yeah. and Rec always makes me laugh. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sort of thing. The Office. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Those are good ones to tell. You're going to laugh in each episode. And laughter is supposed to be a purge of pent-up energy. The actual action of laughing, not just necessarily of finding something funny, of laughing. Which is, I guess, why some people, like, when they're hysterical, start laughing. Yeah. It's the same kind of feeling in your stomach, though, like, when you, like, laugh a lot as when you cry a lot. And I think you get the same sort of feeling of being really tired and quite relieved Mm. afterwards. When you feel it all building up and then afterwards you're like, Ah, oh, yeah, I really needed yeah. that. Yeah, nothing like a good laugh. Nothing like yeah. a good cry also. I'm going to round this this story up by actually making it be a bit of a hybrid. So this was a major thing. But also, it's a bit of a warm to heart. Over this time of lockdown, the level of loneliness has really increased. However, laughter and laughing together really brings people together because of how contagious it is. And that, in fact, it's more contagious than yawning. Oh. That's great, but you have to give your heart. That definitely warmed my heart. Why did the word yawn make you yawn? That's my question. And why did my yawn make you laugh? It's meta. Oh, here we go. (laughs) And in other news, this story actually comes from Southwest Londoner and it is by a fabulous journalist called Elaine McCallig. And it is a story about the ridiculous reasons people have been dialing the Met following a lot of nuisance calls. So what really surprised me, so there were nearly 14,000 emergency calls received last weekend via the 999 number, which is way more than I thought. And of those, 11,500 were not an emergency. Which really, really shocked me. So the Met Police actually put out a bid to reduce the amount of non-emergency calls. And they put out an example of a call, which actually I'm going to try and insert here. Police, what's the emergency? My cleaner has not turned up. Okay, unfortunately, that's not something that we will be able to help you with. We don't deal with that, I'm afraid. We deal with life and death emergencies. But they gave loads of examples. So there was a woman that said there was no chicken in the food shop. There was a man who needed help changing his phone network. Someone calling for a vet's number. Someone reporting a missing face cloth. It's just... I don't know about you, but I'm perpetually paranoid that I'll call 999 and it be wrong. And I've yeah, called 999 yeah. once in my life, and even that time. It's such a scary experience having to call 999. I couldn't imagine calling it for the wrong reason. Absolutely. Reasons. Yeah, you, in those situations, yeah, you think, does this, does this qualify? Am I wasting police time? I know his arm's fallen off, but is, <laughs> is this an emergency? <laughs> One time when I, I've had an encounter with the police, they advise that any time you are put in a situation that makes your heart race, basically, and you're unsure of what else to do, call the police. But I think if your heart's racing, then it's probably genuinely an emergency. Yeah, If your exactly. cleaner hasn't turned up, that's a, that's a mild inconvenience. Yeah. I think if these people had known that piece of advice from the police, they maybe wouldn't have called them. We're not trying to say don't 
call the police or whatever because obviously if you're in doubt or anything like that that's what they're there for but there's a difference between not being entirely certain that you're calling for the right reasons and calling literally with any kind of concern you have like if you can google the answer (laughs) don't call the police yeah when you were saying it and this you're gonna have to tell me if this just sounds presumptuous of me and very generalizing but when you were saying these problems that have been called by the police when you said the one about who a man who needed help he couldn't set up his internet service or something it started making me think like are these maybe elderly people who don't necessarily live with other people and who just need help and like we're like oh who do i who's the source of authority here i guess the police but then like someone calling because there's no chicken in her supermarket surely you'd know to talk to the supermarket people that like surely she'd have gone to the supermarket rather than being like well i don't have to do my roast now it's all gone wrong that's actually what (laughs) and going off of your advice in the article it says are you in danger is there a threat to life can you see a crime being committed if not then don't call 999 you're not in danger if you can't find chicken in the supermarket you're not in danger if you have lost your face cloth or yeah. you need a vet's number yeah. oh yeah it's just one of those things i think where i'm like is this true was, was that always a prank call yeah exactly a prank call if so don't do that don't waste police time <laughs> not a good idea it's all it's all about perspective so it kind of reminded me of those things in waitrose that call themselves essential that are not essential it's all a case of mm. perspective for example sweet piccalilli not essential <laughs> salad cress not essential halloumi Probably not essential. Trifle. Do you know what I mean? I do love halloumi. But like, (laughs) gnocchi, probably not essential. But then also things like this, like your cleaner not turning up. Annoying, not an emergency. Not not a danger. You're not in danger. Not a danger. Unless the dust has gotten real bad. Yeah. But even so, scary. Yeah. Unless you're in like a student house that you like those student houses that you see online that are like properly yeah. slowly. Uh, just like baked beans like in the carpet. And like mould <laughs> everywhere. I don't want to think yeah. about it. That is a no. that is a real emergency. That is a real emergency. <laughs> I'm gonna call the police soon because I've run out of summer clothes and I'm having a complete fashion emergency. Help me please. Disclaimer. Uh <laughs> Don't listen to our advice about (laughs) (laughs) And in other news, here is our third and final story of today, and it is heartwarming. It is about... (laughs) That's a bold claim. (laughs) Well, I hope it's heartwarming. It's about a couple called Cal and Claire. Already I love it because their names are alliterative, and that is how you know that they were meant to be. And Cal is from Hull originally and Claire is from Canada the two of them met on a ski trip and then they were traveling around Europe and Canada like all different places and then they decided they eventually wanted to settle in a city this is a quote from them the vibrant city of Glasgow so Cal went to a housing auction whilst Claire was in Canada she was I think maybe collecting her things for her to move to Scotland mm-hmm. and Cal was having some problems some difficulties at this auction with the Glaswegian accent and he accidentally bid on what he thought was a really lovely house for 10,000 mm-hmm. 
and no one else was bidding on it and he was like oh my god what a steal i'm living life and turns out the building was derelict and it had been for like 20 30 oh, no. years it had a roof falling in walls collapsing all the timbers were rotten so like the foundations were just not there disaster um, yeah if it gives you any kind of indication for how bad it was when they showed claire's dad he was apparently silent for two days <laughs> <laughs> that's a tantrum and a half that isn't it literally which honestly i just thought was a valid measure of the yeah. drama of a situation so so far this just sounds bad right mm. wrong so this is where the heartwarming comes into it Claire and Cal were like you know what we're in this situation it kind of sucks but let's do something about it they got a caravan and parked it in the driveway of this, the place that they now owned and then any time that they had money or time they would put it into the house and work on it Claire described it as a game of Jenga and they had loads of help from the community that. a real life DIY um, or SOS literally and they found the experience really empowering because they have now worked and worked and worked on their house and it's now lovely oh because like <laughs> building a house that's not falling apart is hard enough in itself yeah. but i yeah. always find it so satisfying on those shows where you see before and then they show you like the same room but it's like transformed <sighs> grand designs is really mm. so satisfying mm. <laughs> And where they do the bit where they do the 3D design for the plan at the beginning and they show like how it's going to look and it looks like The Sims and it's just oh so cool. I can hack it on Grand Designs because it's only an hour. When it's something like mm. this, this must have taken them years. Yeah. Yeah. Like a really I mean, I long think time. even on Grand Design, it takes them longer than Yeah, but hour. as in, in but <laughs> for me, it's an hour of my time. Right, yeah. For the... I don't think I could actually do this in real life because I'd get bored. Yeah, no, I absolutely, I would just get overwhelmed. Yeah, it's a lot. I find it really hard to predict end results in the future. So if I can't see it and it doesn't look like it's happening, then I'm giving it straight up. My favourite one is the picture of them on the roof with a little bottle of Prosecco. Yeah. I think that's very cute. Hard work pays off. It does. It really does. They would have had to have such faith. It would have been... I mean, maybe not easy, but as in maybe easier to just be like, we've nah. made a mistake here. Let's just try and ditch this. I mean, maybe they even did at the beginning, mm. but then just thought, okay, actually, let's make the best of a bad situation. Let's let's hold out hope. Let's put a lot of hard work in, make something beautiful. And they did. More power to them. More you go, Claire and Cal. Yes. What should they be called? Cal? I was about to say Claire. That, that's just her name. <laughs> Care. care, care, yeah. Care is cute because they care Very about the house. I also like Clow though. Clow, Clow's fun. It sounds quite Scottish. Clow, yeah. Clow, <gasps> and they live in Glasgow. Beautiful. There you go. It's like we planned it. <laughs> we didn't. We definitely didn't. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of And In Other News. We've loved having you back with us. Yes, thank you indeed. And make sure you subscribe so you can join us next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.